evening and welcome to the uh, to the relationship game changers the call oh my gosh this is the second time I've done that but for good reason tonight we are going to talk about marriage tonight but I want to welcome you welcome 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 thank you so much for uh, sharing and investing your time in this call and in helping us to build encourage strengthen relationship game changers. I just have to give a shout out to uh, those that are on the call. Before we all get on the call, several of folks are on the call and they are praying for the call. They are praying for us and they have been faithful to do that over the many months. And I just want to thank you. Thank you so much, Richard, Nubby, Patsy, Pam. Hope I don't miss anybody, Amy. Let's see, Richard. Uh, Richard, Patsy, Nubby, Pam. Did I get everybody, Amy? I don't want to slip my mind. I know you're on. You got everybody. I got everybody. (laughs) Amen. You know what, guys? God does not need thousands of people. He just needs a few faithful people that will hear him and do what he asks and what he's putting on their heart. And that's what we've been doing here for the past two years and my gosh you know there today there's just I I don't know about you guys but today particularly I mean there are days where you're like okay God I'm I'm here and then there are days where it's just like wow look at what God is doing with the faithfulness of a few people and so so many wonderful things are happening but before we talk about some of those things I just want to uh, welcome you if this is your first time on the call welcome welcome Thank you so much for sharing your time with us. Uh, We know time is valuable, it's precious, and there's so many things that are pulling at your attention and mind, particularly uh, on the Internet, the news, and what's going on in the earth. And, you know, there's so many prayer calls. So we are extremely grateful that you have chosen to be part of this call this evening, and we thank you for that. And uh, the purpose of this call is to pray, and then we teach and declare kingdom principles uh, on this call, and we'll be talking about that a little bit later. Um, We don't always focus specifically on marriage. We focus on relationships. However, today we've got some things coming up this weekend, and so we're going to focus a little bit on marriage. But just in short, if you're unfamiliar with kingdom marriage, I know we throw around the word kingdom a lot, but specific to marriage, a kingdom uh, marriage, what we're talking about are those truths and principles that apply to each of us, whether we're male or female, husbands or wives. I mean, we're all required as kingdom citizens to love. That is not just an exclusive mandate to husbands or directive to husbands. It is a requirement of every kingdom citizen. And the same with submission. Submission is a kingdom principle. God doesn't like anything that's not submitted. And so, you know, these things that we have typically uh, just assigned to a gender based on uh, a few scriptures that we've elevated to doctrine level, uh, we are about bringing things back into the kingdom. And so I want to be a submitted person as a kingdom citizen, and I want to love because that's what I'm mandated to do, and that's what we're all mandated to do. And so as kingdom citizens, we all, we have authority. Men and women have authority, rights, responsibilities, privileges, and a, and, and an mandate to conform to the image of Christ. And so that's what we encourage folks to do here. Um, And we want to increase our sphere of influence. And we best do that when we are living and loving like Jesus did in the earth. And so we appreciate you. Um, We believe as Christ followers, our job is to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And if we love him first, then we'll love everybody else best. And so that's what we're committed to here. Um, The format of these calls is the same. Uh, I'll open, do a welcome, just as I did. We'll do some announcements. Then we'll do a short prayer. Then we'll do some teaching. And then we'll pray after after the word or the, the teaching tonight. And while I'm doing the announcements, if you know of somebody that needs to hear this call, why don't you text them the information uh, and so that they can be a part 
I tell you what, marriage is critical. And though it is flying beneath the radar of many, uh, it is in this time that God is retooling, resetting, and retooling husbands and wives for the days ahead. So it's extremely important. And I believe that God has marriage on his mind. Um, And so, yeah, so we'll talk about that as we go along. A couple of announcements. Um, This weekend, Jumping for Joy, uh, if this is your first time on the call, we received a mandate after praying for almost two years. We received a mandate from the Lord to go to every state and U.S. territory and declare kingdom marriage, those principles that apply to all of us. And so this weekend, we'll be in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. There will be those of us on the ground, and there will be those of us on the Zoom call. We like as many of you to participate as possible, whether you can be on the ground in that particular um, state or locality in terms of the um, Washington, D.C., or on the Zoom call. I mean, we've had some exciting experiences, and so we invite you to participate. We'll make sure that um, the information is posted on the Facebook page. I know some of you are not on Facebook, and that's okay. Um, If you will text Amy at 678-754-0866. Six seven. She can get you the information to participate either on the ground or via Zoom. Again, it doesn't take a hundred of us. It just takes a few people willing to commit um, and just uh, watch God do, do what he does. I'll tell you at the end what that agenda looks like. So if you're interested and you're like wondering, yeah, but I don't know what's all involved, I'm going to let you know that at the end so you'll know exactly uh, what you would be signing up for if that is your decision and your choice. Well, I use the word Facebook, and I said, you know, listen, out of necessity, guys, you know, one of the things that, one of the, I don't know if it's a good thing, but um, necessity is, I guess, the mother of invention. I've heard it said that way. But hard times or difficult times or when our when our routines are interrupted or when our life is um, curtailed or our freedom of mobility is inhibited in some way, all of those things that have happened with COVID, we had to begin to find new ways to reach and connect with people. And so the way that we have uh, chosen to do that as a ministry is to migrate, as a ministry is to migrate to social media and specifically Facebook at this time, um, we have other social media, but we're focusing on that, Facebook and Zoom. And that's two, you know, really one of the things that's most difficult for me is I like to see people and interact with people real time. And although I've gotten more comfortable doing it this way, I still like to see your faces. I still like to hear the uh, like to see, you know, the, the the facials and the expressions and things like that because it enables me, it helps me to know where you are in this process. Otherwise, it's just a monologue. And, you know, I don't know about how monologues really change people, so I want more interaction with you. And so social media provides that um, for us, but it also poses a challenge to me and maybe for some of you because I'm not the most techie person. It is a very sharp learning curve. I thank God for my team, some of whom are very techie, and I tell you what, have helped me uh, uh, become more effective and migrate what we're doing to social media. And, um, you know, the, part, the good part about um, um, not knowing something or not knowing how to do something is that we can learn and grow and figure this thing out together. Funny story, one of the ladies um, what joined uh, the Relationship Game Changers private Facebook group, and I tell you, we were on the text and uh, messaging back and forth last night because we couldn't figure it out. And this is somebody that just signed up and, you know, participated and, you know, she's laughing, I'm laughing because we're just, we're laughing at ourselves because we wanted to be here in this space together, but neither one of us had all of the answers how to do it. And so I could either feel very self-conscious and she could have, 
and or I could have felt, oh my gosh, this is this is terrible, and she's just not going to want to be a part, and da da. And you know how it all goes in your mind when things start going south. And so I just stopped and I said, you know what? Let me get Megan. Let me get one of my team folks on here that understands tech. And so today we had a conversation with that person, and she figured it out. And so what I'm saying to you is the the good part of the space that we're in now, if you would choose to accept God's invitation, is that we are learning and growing together. And right now our growing is taking place in the plain view of other people. So I can't tell you to be in a space and be comfortable and just do this if I'm not willing to be in that space as well. And we won't get it right all the time, but we'll be there together doing what God would have us to do, growing, changing, and conforming to Christ. And so I'm excited about that. I want you to be a part. I want to put you at ease in terms of it. If you're just launching out on Facebook, we want to help. Um, If you don't like Facebook, don't want to get on Facebook, great. We'll do these, you know, we'll do these calls and we'll, you know, eventually go to Zoom. Um, But we must grow and change and adapt if we are going to move with God. And so I encourage you, uh, not to uh, encourage you um, to exercise your freedom, but also I want to encourage you to decide to grow with God, however he is doing that in your life right now. And so, yeah. You know, another thing I'm celebrating today because we got 900 likes on the Relationship Game Changers Facebook page, and the private group is growing. We had our first Monday Night Live this Monday, and I'm telling you, it was hilarious. We were laughing at ourselves, trying to figure out how to go live, not go live, and I mean, but there was a camaraderie to it all because do you ever see two weak people fight? They just don't. They're much more humble. They're much more willing to learn and figure out how to do things. That's the space we've created for you, and that's the space we want to maintain with you. So come grow with us. Um, One of the things you can do tonight, if that's what you're interested in, and we're going to take this slowly, but I've left the Relationship Game Changers Facebook page open, my page open, and Amy is monitoring that page, and at the top I pinned Tonight, you'll see, if you go there, you'll see two lions. I pinned it at the top. And one of the things that you can practice very easily, if you have a Facebook page, if you do not have a Facebook page, you would have to set up one first. And so if that's the case, text Amy, and we can help you with that. But if you do have one, go ahead and leave a comment. Uh, Hold on a second. I'm getting some, hold on, guys. Oh, Amy was uh, helping me, helping me here. I, I tell you what, you've got to have a team, and you can't be afraid to mess up. I don't get it right all the time. And so I'm clarifying. It's the Relationship Game Changers Facebook page. It's a general page, and you can go there. You haven't liked the page, but at the top you'll see two lines. And if you are doing that while I'm talking, if you hear something that resonates with you, Um, You can either use an emoji, you can just make a comment, hey, I'm out here, I'm I'm out here growing with you, anything. Let me know you're out there because we want to be a support to those that are growing and want to utilize the media sources that God has made available to us um, to promote his kingdom. And so, yep, so having said that, let's pray and let's jump into tonight. Father, we thank you for your presence. I thank you, Father God, that you're taking us by the hand tonight, God. You're taking us by the hand because you desire to take us to a new place, God, not only in our spirit and not only in our emotions, but also in, Lord, in our relationships and even in the use of technology and the things that you've made available to us to use to advance your kingdom. And so, Father God, wherever we are, we say tonight we want to grow. We want to change. We want to become all that you would have us to be as relationship game changers. And we thank you, Lord, that relationship game changers take action, God. They hear and they do. They have faith that works that join with their faith. 
I thank you tonight, God, for you have called each one to this call, Lord. I thank you in the name of Jesus that though they may have punched the numbers, God, it was because you had first, Lord, put the invitation out and summoned your people here, and they have responded, God. I don't believe anything's by accident tonight, God, so I believe that this message is pivotal for your people, God. And so, Lord, in Jesus' name, I pray that you would magnify yourself tonight, that you would glorify yourself tonight through your word, that you would use all my humanity and all of your deity, God, and put it together that you would be glorified in this earthen vessel. Father, I thank you and I praise you that you are all the goodness. And, Lord, without you, we are nothing. And yet in you we are everything, and there's nothing that shall be impossible to us that believe. And so, Father, I release the grace tonight, Lord, to take part with you and grow and change and become the people you would have us to be. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You know, when God wants to teach us something, I love how God just flows right into what he's doing. But whenever God wants to teach us something about spiritual realities, he provides natural phenomenon that serve, that's why I can say that serve as kind of object lessons for us. And so here are a couple. When God wants to teach us about the movement and the flow of his spirit, he gives us water. And water uh, moves and flows, and it can take the shape uh, or, of the container that it's put in, or it can just be spread all over the place. You know, water can, it's just an amazing, probably one of the most fascinating aspects of nature to me and of the connection or the reflection that it, 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 it the characters and the qualities of water. It's probably one of the, it is the most fascinating um, thing for me that represents the attributes of God. I just love water. It can be an ocean. It can be a lake. Uh, if you know anything about me, I love water, love to be on it, like to boat, like to swim in it, like to stare at it. Uh, I just love the movement of water. And it, it reminds me of the Holy Spirit. And the thing about water is it can be constructive, but it can also be destructive. You know, it can hydrate the soil so things can grow, but it can also destroy soil. We call it soil erosion the by, by way of water. When water runs on soil so much that it, that it breaks down the soil. And so they put up retaining walls and banks and, and levees and all of those kinds of things to prevent the water from causing damage, or in this case, soil erosion. Water builds up uh, and it breaks down. It nourishes our cells, but it also disposes of cells in our waste system. It gives life and it takes life. We can drink water and receive refreshing and we become hydrated, but we can all, water can all, we can also drown in water. So, you know, we can get too little water and we can drink water and be satisfied, or we can get too much water in our lungs and we drown. So water is very diverse in its ability to move and to flow in different situations. It's so characteristic of the Holy Spirit to me. And so John, John 4.13 says this. John 4.13 says, and this is when he was speaking to the woman at the well. Everyone who drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water that I shall give him will become in him a well of water springing up into eternal life. Now, we know that Jesus was not talking about the natural water. The natural water was an object lesson. What he was talking about was the Holy Spirit. And we see that in John 7:37. On the last and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scriptures have said, out of his heart shall flow rivers of living water. Another translation says out of his belly will flow, out of his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. 
By this he spoke of the spirit. So he wasn't speaking of natural water. He was speaking of the spirit and whom those who believe in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit had not yet been given because Jesus was not yet glorified. So here we see Jesus teaching us about the Holy Spirit, but using this natural phenomenon called war. Whenever Jesus wants to, whenever the Holy Spirit, God wants to teach us something about his nature, his character, he, I love how he picks things out that we can see and we can experience and we can interact with so that we can get a real feel and an experience of what he's talking about in terms of, uh, of what he's saying, in this case, the Holy Spirit. And then when he wanted to teach us about his immovability, that he was fixed and steadfast and unmovable, um, as he challenges us to be, he gives us rocks. He gives us rocks. Rocks are hard. They don't go anywhere. Wherever you put them, they stay, unless, you know, some climate or some situation happens that's greater than the rocks and has the ability to move the rocks. Rocks basically stay where they're put. They don't move. They're hard. They're solid. And it's interesting, in Matthew 21, 42, it says, Jesus said to them, have you never read in the scripture the stone which the builders rejected has become the cornerstone? This is the Lord's doing, and it's marvelous in our eyes. And then verse 44 says, whoever falls on this stone will be broken to pieces, but on whomever it falls, it will crush him. It's interesting that the word is uh, is often, uh, well, let me put it this way. In Matthew 16, the revelation, the truth, the word that Peter received that Jesus was the Christ, it was the revelation that Christ built the church. It was fixed and steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. And the Bible says heaven and earth would pass away, but his word, the rock, the stone, would remain. And so, again, he's not talking about actual rocks here, and yet he uses rocks to teach us about the strength and the authority and the immovability of his word. It's just it's interesting to me. So when he wanted to teach us about the power of the relationship and covenant that he had with his son, he gave us marriage. Interesting to me, because among other things, marriage, hold on, guys, I'm, I'm getting some feedback here. Hold on. Okay, we're good. We're going to keep going. We're going to keep going. You know, I love doing life with you guys, because when stuff really happens, I'm just going to stop and I'm going to tell you because you can't see me, so you don't know what's going on around me. That's why I want you to be on Zoom and on these other formats, because I'll be able to see and you'll be able to see me, and I won't have to tell you what's going on. You can see for yourself, and it's infinitely more powerful to see what's going on than simply hear it. That's why Jesus spoke, but he also did. So it's interesting now. He wants to teach us about the power of covenant, uh, and the relationship that, that he has with his son, and he gives us marriage. So among other things, watch this, marriage or male and female is the combining of the flow of a woman and the immovability of a man. Now, and, and again, I just, man, I could just, I could just unpack that for you guys, how women reflect the characteristics and the properties of water and men reflect the properties and characteristics of rocks and, and, and soil and, and just how it all comes together. But together, God's ability to flow in the Holy Spirit and his ability to stand as an immovable force make God, I mean, it, it, first of all, they don't make him anything. God makes everything else. I just don't have any other way to say this. But when we see these analogies, we can see when these two things come together, they become an unbeatable force, a formidable opponent that can flow, that can stand still, that can defeat an enemy any number of ways. 
oh, my gosh, so we don't just have to rely on water or the flow of water or being able to move and adapt and all that. Sometimes bringing about change and influencing as a relationship game changer means standing still. It means standing still on the word. It means willing to incur the consequence of standing on God's word. And at other times, being a relationship game changer means flowing. It means adapting. It means rising above in order that God can bring about the change that he wants through your influence. And so when we talk about marriage, it's not just this, it's not just this earthly human entity. It is a spiritual weapon and a force to be reckoned with that God has divinely appointed for this hour. And because of that, he is resetting husbands and wives. He's resetting. He's reforming. And he's restoring. And he's reconciling husbands and wives for this next great awakening. Why do we need to be reset? Why do husbands and wives need to be reformed? Because wherever husbands and wives are right now, this is where we are. And if you're honest with yourself, I don't know of many marriages that are really changing things uh, for the kingdom's sake. In other words, I, I don't know. Well, let me ask you this way. I wish I could see your faces. But how many of you know marriages that you say, oh, my gosh, oh, the glory of God is all over them. Man, I just got to sit with them and just see how they're doing what they do. I mean, because I don't care what happens, they just, and they have such a love and a chemistry for one another that's beyond just human. This is something divine that's taking place. See, when that is affected, when that's happening, that couple becomes magnetic. People want to see, when you experience covenant like that, it is edifying, it is glorifying, it is inspiring, it is encouraging. So my question to you is how many marriages do you see that are edifying you, that are encouraging you, that are inspiring you? No, I'm not just talking about the ones that preach to you. I'm talking about the ones that have digested what they preach and you see it in their life, the manifestation of it in their own relationship. That's what I'm that's what I see. That's what I believe God is calling for. That's why we must become relationship game changers as husbands and wives, that the flowing characteristics of male, of female, and the immovable aspects of masculinity uh, and husband become this kind of weapon in the earth that is untouchable. So right now, marriage is flying beneath the radar. We're flying, we've been flying beneath the radar. And I can tell you when we started to fly beneath the radar. In the world, it began to fly. It started long ago, excuse me, with no default divorce. And that was, was one of the things that Ronald Reagan said was one of his worst decisions he could have ever made. And he made that decision based on his own circumstance. But, but where it really began to take off was when in, in June, I think, 2015, when the courts redefined marriage. From then on, you see an acceleration in the downgrading of marriage and the escalation in cohabitation, even among Christians. And in the church, the voices are silent. I'm talking about the major voices are silent on marriage. Why? Why? We know that marriage serves a purpose far beyond the here and now because the Bible says that in the resurrection, none will be given to marriage. No one will be married. So whatever purpose that God wants to serve through marriage is, is for here and now. It's for here and now. And I believe one of the chief purposes of marriage, obviously here on the ground, it's offspring, but even uh, if I could say is important to that spiritually, is God is preparing a bride for his son without spot or wrinkle. He wants a bride for his son that is equally yoked. He wants, let me, let me give you a picture. If you were in a cage with a male or female lion, would it, I mean, I don't think you'll be asking, well, is it the male that bites or the female that bites? They both bite. They both will kill you. Why? Because in their nature, they are predators. 
And so we don't have a separate predator protocol for female lions and a separate predator protocol for male lions. No, they're predators. I don't want to be in a cage with a male or female lion. And so when we begin to divide and, 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 and focus on the differences as we are as male or female versus focusing on who each one is as a kingdom citizen with all the rights, authority, power that is afforded every kingdom citizen, we undermine the strength, the power, and the authority of marriage in the earth. And so I say today marriage is a secret weapon. It is a secret weapon because nobody's really paying attention to marriage. Nobody's really talking about marriage. I'm saying, I could put a post up on marriage and maybe get three likes. I put a post up about um, something going on in the earth today, and it's like, wow, everybody's liking it. So we see where people's attention is. And so, and I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm just making that point, the point this, that Matt God is not finished with marriage yet, and we have not yet seen the full intention manifested in marriage in the earth today. We just haven't seen it. And one of the biggest culprits undermining marriage is religion. It's religion. Oh, my gosh. It's religion. And one of the things, let me just give you a couple things religion does, and I I teach on this, but I, I just want to say those for you on the first first time on the call, and I don't want to camp here. I just want to say a couple things, and then we'll move right on. Religion hijacks the identity of a husband and wife as a kingdom citizen by focusing almost exclusively on them as a wife or a husband and the roles that are assigned or that they have assigned to each one. So in essence, now a wife is a wife. No, a wife is more than a wife. She's a kingdom citizen. She's a speaking spirit with all of the authority and power of every speaking spirit who is a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. And a husband is more than a husband. He's a speaking spirit with all of the authority, rights, and power of every kingdom citizen. And then religion lies to husband and wife by placing the burden of meeting each one's needs and the satisfaction on the other. I mean, my gosh. You, it is impossible to meet another person's needs 100% of time, accurately all the time. You are setting yourself up for failure. Besides that, it is contradictory in some ways to the scripture which says, my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. And my Bible doesn't say except if you're married. So don't get me wrong. God desires to use your spouse to meet your needs. He's just not limited, nor will he be bound to your spouse, except when it comes to sexual satisfaction. And there is some debate. Well, I'm not going to say that. That's controversial. Let me leave that there. Third thing religion does, it incarcerates husbands and wives, binding them to a static model of marriage that produces no greater works. Jesus said that we would do greater works than him because he has gone to the Father. And if you notice, Jesus always sent them out two by two. Well, what are the first two that he would want to send out? A husband and wife. But that's not the only two that God can send out. There are other covenant relationships. Many of you know Amy and I work together in ministry. She makes me look a whole lot better than I am. Uh, Many of you have talked to her offline, and you know that she does a lot for me that I can't do for myself or makes me look better than myself. That's a covenant relationship sent out two by twos. And so he sends out two by twos. So let me give you three reasons why marriage is important today, critically important, and that the church will have to, again, turn her attention to marriage if we are going to be a bride fit for Christ. And I like to say the dressmaker is in the house because we need wedding garments. You'll remember the scripture, Jesus invited everybody to the wedding, and then there was a person that showed up and he didn't have right wedding attire on, and the, and, and, uh, the, the I'm sorry, the, the, in the parable, the, the man that was hosting the wedding 
looked and saw him and pointed him out and says, uh, how did you get in here dressed like that? And uh, goes on to say, basically, that he was escorted out and into a not a really nice place. So there was a dress code. There's a dress code. And so um, there's a dress code for the bride, and we all are being fitted in this hour with that. And it's not a literal dress so much as it is a character dress. It's an internal dress. It's about who we are. So here are three reasons why marriage is so important today. One, we cannot build on division. There is so much division in our nation right now. And I'm telling you, the, 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 the categories of division are numerous, too numerous even to list here, because every day it seems like a new category of a, a, a faction or a section that's divided between somebody else. That is one of the main problems that we have with religious marriage right now. We are trying to build, uh, uh, um, uh, we're trying to build what God intended for marriage on division. Why do you say that, Kim? Because most marriage material is focuses on the differences between male and female, focuses on the difference in the roles, and focuses on the differences in needs. You cannot be built and stable and, and, uh, in a sustainable fashion on division. In fact, Jesus said a house divided against itself cannot stand. So we have religion is trying to build on something that is divided, and one of the reasons we see what we're seeing in marriage today, division, divorce, separation, all kinds of things, because we're trying to build on differences. You cannot build successfully on differences. In the kingdom, we build on commonality. And so kingdom marriage best displays, uh, builds on the commonality, the similarities that we have as kingdom citizens. Yes, we have differences, male and female. Yes, they are very apparent and obvious and sometimes not so obvious. But we're not building on differences. See, when we build on commonality, then I can affirm your distance, differences. When we build on commonality and similarity, there's room for your differences. But if we're trying to build on differences, then it becomes, well, whose difference matters most? Whose difference is most important? And then we say things like, well, in the home, the wife's difference is most important. And so we have our own little places that we like to serve and be comfortable, and we built nothing. And so kingdom marriage is the best display of authority and power that can, get, that can flow through the unity of male and female. Number two, husband and wife represent the smallest number of fully sufficient, fully functional units that have the ability to form a unity. They are the smallest number of fully functioning, self-sufficient units that can form a unity. In other words, you cannot eat enough food for your spouse. You cannot drink enough water for your spouse. You can't receive enough God for your spouse. Now, you can receive God and pray and influence or create an environment that your spouse feels invited to receive Christ, but you can't receive Christ for your spouse or your children. You cannot breathe enough air for your spouse. You can't eliminate enough weight, uh, waste for your spouse. It's not possible. We were created as fully functioning, self-sufficient human units. And marriage brings those units together to form a unity. Let me give you two analogies real quick because I, I can't see you, so I don't know if you're following me or not, tracking me, but I think visuals always help. So here's, here's two. If I say to you, if, I, if you go outside and you look at any tree, and I say, and I ask you what that is, you're going to tell me it's a tree. But if you were to ask perhaps Jesus or someone else what it is, he would say, wow, that's roots, that's a trunk, that's branches, that's leaves. All of these different things together made this tree. Let me give you another example. And I like this when a client gave this example to me, so I can't take credit for it, um, but it's an amazing example and probably even clearer. So we have four primary colors. Let's see, red, yellow, blue, and green, I think, are the primary colors. 
Well, marriage is taking two primary colors and making a third color. So if I take red and blue, then I make this brand-new color called purple. The beautiful part of it is purple has all of the properties and nature of red, but it has all of the properties and nature of blue without diminishing either of them. Neither are relegated. They come together to form something greater than either one of them could have formed on their own. And that's why we like to say that marriage is a relationship of kingdom, of equals, equals in the sense of kingdom citizens who take part or, in, or move in hierarchy to accomplish together what neither could accomplish alone. And, and we don't have time to unpack that, but the point that I'm trying to make to you is that unless the relationship is intact, the hierarchy will be a grind, a duty, and an obligation that people have by and large checked out with. But I'll tell you this, when there's love and when there's relationship, you will move in and out of hierarchy to accomplish something greater than either of you could have accomplished alone. Oh, I'd love just to teach on that one principle, but I can't right now because I'll go on and I'm at risk of Amy texting me or something like that and telling me to move on. So I'm going to move on without her having to say this. The third reason why marriage is so important right now is because our nation, America, and even the world, um, and let me just back it, back it down. Not only our nation, not only the world, not only our nation, but our states, but our cities, our counties and our cities, we need human resources that can bridge gaps, not create them. Marriage is both a resource that can produce life. We, I mean, the, the tangible example of that is a baby. It produces life, and not only natural life, it can facilitate and reproduce, act as a facilitator of spiritual life, and participate or take part with God so that souls can be birthed into the kingdom. Now, God causes conception, and God causes the birth both naturally and spiritually. But husband and wife can play a part, both naturally and spiritually, in the birthing of sons and daughters. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. We need sons and daughters in the kingdom, spiritual sons and daughters. So marriage is both a resource that produces life and connects, but it is also a weapon that can defend life and liberty like few weapons I know. You get a husband and wife fighting for their child. Oh, my gosh. You won't have to decide whether it's a male or female lion. They both will hurt you. You know, one of the things, here's, here's a real example. We have all this stuff going on with racial reconciliation right now and, and, and such division. And I'm thinking, and we got all these programs and prayers, and that's great, that's good. But there is nothing like an interracial couple that answers the problem. I always want to do a conference just with interracial couples because they are the best testimony of what true and real reconciliation among the races is. And my daughter is, uh, my oldest daughter is in an interracial marriage. And so this isn't about, you know, this is really the, the, the coming together of lives and of family. So I've got family now who are white. And he's got family that are black. And I know several interracial couples. I'm telling you, why don't we just talk to them and see how they're doing what they're doing and maybe generalize in, in the areas that we can generalize it and begin to teach those principles. Oh, my gosh. Marriage is a weapon that is needed for this hour. And I pray God will just this cause interracial marriages to spawn all over the place so that's all we see so that people who are on these two different camps have to deal with what God is doing through interracial marriages. I'm telling you, I expect and I declare they will grow in the name of Jesus because they are the best testimony against what's happening in our nation racially. 
Bring it on, Jesus. Bring it on, Jesus. I'm going to kind of land right here because I've said a lot and I find my pace picking up, and that that means that I'm probably coming to a, a time where I, I want to pray and I, I need to pray um, and then just give you some instruction. So stay on the line. I'm going to pray, and then we will give you some instructions. And I'm going to pray for kingdom marriages today. And so, Father, we thank you. You said that if we will declare a thing, it will be established for us so light will shine upon our ways. Lord, we want your light to shine in this nation like never before. We want to see husbands and wives, God, fully functioning, activated kingdom citizens that are married to one another for your glory, for their advancement personally, for their conformity to Christ, and that they can produce greater than either one of them could alone. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that each one represents a different color, but together, God, they produce a whole new color, God, to your glory, and the colors are endless, God, because you are an endless God. Lord, we thank you and we praise you, Father. We thank you that according to Galatians 1, we declare all husbands and wives are set free, and they ought not be entangled again in the religious yoke of bondage. God, I thank you and I pray in Jesus' name that each one make sure they stay free, God. Lord, that you would, Lord, teach them to hear, and Lord, just cause something to go off on the inside of them when, Lord, the religious begin to teach and instruct. God, what they should do, Father. Deliver husbands and wives from religious, traditional mindset that make your word ineffective in their life, God. Lord, we thank you, Lord. We thank you and we praise you today, God. Lord, that husbands and wives that have received Christ, each one has the authority to become the son of God and the bride of Christ. Lord, we just bless you today, God. And we thank you for your word, Lord. We thank you, Father God, that each one is a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, everything has become new tonight in Jesus' name. I thank you that at the hearing of this word, God, lies would fall to the floor, God, that the light would penetrate the darkness, God, that your people would be set free in the name of Jesus. Father God, we praise you and we thank you that husbands and wives, Lord, live Lord, in the truth that no one can take their life, they lay it down only to take it up again, this commandment we receive from you. We thank you for every truth, Lord, that applies to husbands and wives. We declare that every kingdom citizen must learn how to love in Jesus' name. We declare every kingdom citizen must learn how to surrender their will to you and to each other, God, in Jesus' name. We thank you that every kingdom citizen, God, must learn how to forgive in Jesus' name. We thank you that every kingdom citizen, God, must learn how to seek the kingdom and your righteousness for him or herself, God, in Jesus' name, that you might answer their needs, God. I thank you, Father God, that every husband and wife, God, you have given each one of them a plan and a purpose, and that you put in them the desire to do what pleases you, God. I thank you that they will love each other best when they love you first, God. Lord, I thank you, Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, that even as you have released your spirit and your word concerning kingdom marriage, God, that you would glorify yourself again, God. That's what the enemy has, Lord, intended to destroy, God, that you would, Lord, turn it around for good. And, Lord, as many have counted marriage out, God, they don't even teach on it, God, or they're teaching, Lord, traditions of men, God, Lord, that have brought your people into bondage, God. These, Lord, have not entered the kingdom themselves, God, and they prevent your people from entering the kingdom. And so tonight, God, we ask you, according to your authority and according to you as the judge, above all judge, God, that you would issue a divine restraining order tonight, God, against every religious spirit that seeks to steal, kill, and destroy husbands and wives and prevent them from entering into the kingdom, God, and kingdom truth concerning marriage, God. Lord, I pray, God, in Jesus' name, that you would release your ministering angels, God, to enforce your divine restraining order, God. 
Lord, that, Lord, that, Lord, that you would prevent any backlash in Jesus' name for those that come into the knowledge and the awareness and the light of your love in the kingdom, God. Lord, I thank you and I praise you tonight, God. And, Lord, we repent. Lord, we repent, God. We repent, Father, first of all, for not believing you, for not, Lord, seeking your face, God, for believing what, Lord, Lord, the religious leaders have told us, God. You told us in your word in Matthew that, 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 that Lord, that they lived hypocritically, Father. Matthew 23, God, you condemn the religious spirit, God, and those under religion, God, and the traditions of men, God. You, your own, in your, through your own mouth, have had scathing things to say, God. These are not my opinion, God, but you've called them whitewashed tombs. You told them, Lord, that they like the outside of the cup being clean, but the inside is dirty, God. So today, God, we present your people to you again. And first of all, God, we repent for being these people, God. We repent, God, for just religiously passing on down what we've been taught about marriage, God, without even questioning it, God. We repent for not seeking your face afresh in the area of marriage, God. We ask you in the name of Jesus to give us the wisdom from above that is peaceful, easy to receive, and works righteousness, the peaceable fruit of righteousness in us, God. Lord, I thank you that tonight husbands and wives are exercising themselves to godliness, Lord. Lord, I call forth the relationship game changers, God. Lord, I pray that you would turn the weapons of husbands and wives into plowshares, God. Then, Lord, that you would send forth this message, kingdom marriage, throughout this nation, God. And as we go to Washington, Maryland, and D.C. this week, Washington, Maryland, and Virginia this weekend, God, I know you've already gone ahead of us. I thank you for everyone on the ground and everyone that goes with us by Zoom, God. Lord, make us a hundred times more than we are. Show your glory off again, oh God. Lord, I just bless you and I thank you for the signs and wonders that will follow your word in Jesus' name. And now, Father God, I ask you that those, God, that desire to grow with us, God, as we migrate to Facebook, God, and to Zoom, God, that, Lord, I release the grace of God, Lord, to overcome any anxiety, God, that they would be able to lean in, Lord, and catch our hands, God, as we create space for them. Lord, I thank you tonight, Lord, for each one that says, Lord, I'm scared, but I want to. Lord, we just pour out copious amounts of love, for you said love drives out fear. So we release the love of God tonight in Jesus' name. We declare that what seeks to master them, they will now master God. What has become a ceiling to them now will become their floor, God, and they will stand on it and glorify you, God. In Jesus' name, we declare these things so, and Lord, we just wait upon you as you bring it to pass. For you said your word does not go out void but it accomplishes what you set it out to accomplish, and it prospers into the things you sent it. And now, Father God, I plead the blood of Jesus over this word and over each hearer of this word, whether by now or whether by replay, Lord, over this message, God, and over all of those, God, let your blood be a barrier between us and the enemy, for surely he can't cross the bloodline, God. And, Lord, we thank you for the hedge of protection that you have put around each one. Lord, I thank you, Lord, tonight that you love us so much. You love us so much that you're always giving us invitations, Lord, to come up, to come closer, to come in. In Jesus' name, we thank you and we accept your invitation by faith. Amen and amen. Well, one of the things we do as relationship game changers um, we have to take action. You know, for two years we have prayed, and, and one of the things that I love about the people that pray before you and I even get on the call is that they have taken action. They've made a decision to, to do something and to support what's going on. And you guys have to take action too at whatever level you can. I told you that I would share the agenda real quickly with you of those that may want to go either by zoom or by um or either by zoom or either by um or on the ground if you're on the ground there i said that i would share with you and i had it right here um i would share with you the um agenda so you can know how it flows so those of you that might be um 
a little timid or, or just, you know, hey, what is it going to look like? I don't understand. I need to know more. Here's the understanding. What happens on Saturday, and every time we go to the state, it's the same thing. You can count on it. So what we do is, and, it, and all of this happens within 45 minutes, no more than an hour, and we've been, I can't, I don't even, I've lost count how many states we've been to, but we've not ever gone over an hour. So you can take that to the bank and we'll cut it off because we, your time is important to us. And so 45 minutes to an hour of your time, if you're on Zoom, if you're on the ground, obviously there's going to be time getting there and getting home. But if you're on Zoom, here's what will happen. Every place we go, I will open with a welcome and then we'll open the state. And basically what that means is someone who is a resident of that state will give us permission to speak and declare the word of God in that state. We don't assume we have permission in another state any more than we would assume permission that we have if we entered your house. We would ask permission if we wanted something to drink or if we wanted to leave something. And so that's what we do when we enter the state. We want permission, uh, uh, we want permission to be able to enter the state and to speak and declare the word of God in that state concerning kingdom marriage. And so usually someone from that state, and that, that is a, a basically it is it's very scripted, and someone can read it, and we open the state, and that's what happens. And then we pray a prayer of repentance. And that's based on 1 Corinthians 7.14. There's personal repentance we pray for. We pray for judges and attorneys who have contributed in the undermining of marriage. And we pray for pastors and ministers who have also contributed to the undermining and even the misteaching of marriage. Um, And so, yeah, and then after that, we put on the whole armor of God. So we repent, we undress, and then we put on the whole armor of God, according to Ephesians 6.10-11. 18, and we and there's a person that does that. So for each prayer, there's a different person. There's a volunteer. And so we put on the whole armor of God, and we pray that word. And then after that, I will pray for husbands and wives, and that goes something like this. Oh, Merlin, hear the word of the Lord concerning kingdom marriage. And then I'll pray, and, and typically I will pray for kingdom marriages. And then after that, we have a prayer. Um, we have a prayer for blended families. We just added that as a result of just, just recently because we recognize there are a lot of blended families. And so then we have scripture for that. We talk about, you know, Jesus came, Jesus was part of a blended family. God the Father was his father, but Joseph was his stepfather. And Joseph and Mary had other kids. So he had stepbrothers and sisters. And so while the Bible isn't explicit as a, in terms of blended families, our Savior is part of a blended family. And the Bible also says that we're one, that he makes us one. And so we pray for blended families. Then we pray for singles uh, or unmarried who I don't like necessarily like the word singles because none of us are single. We're all in relationship with God, you know, with ourselves and others. It may not be marriage, but, but we pray for the unmarried who desire to be married based on Psalms 37 and 4. Then we pray for children. Uh, based on Psalm 127, 3 through 5. And then we pray for the churches in the state that God would move upon their heart to open their heart to hear the message on kingdom marriage. And see, when you think you have an answer, you're not looking for one. And so we pray and continuously that pastors would be open because when it comes to marriage, there are so many that believe they have the answer. And the challenge is the fruit betrays what they're saying. And so that's what we do. And then we close in prayer. And then if someone has a word to share or a comment, um, then we hear that and we go on. And I'll tell you, every place we've been, it's miraculous. So those of you that needed real understanding of what happened, that's really what happened. What I didn't tell you on here is um, two other things we do. So after we do the welcome, wow, wow, after we do the welcome, we um, open this, oh, man, we blow the shofar. Ooh. Amy, I left that out um, on this copy. I'm not sure how I did that. Let me, um, oh, yeah. So after the welcome, before we do the opening of the state, we blow the shofar, either someone on the ground or we use YouTube. And then after we blow the shofar, we sing a song together called Bless Be My Vision. 
If we have someone that's able to sing, we do that. If not, we use YouTube. And then, and then we open the state. So that's the whole thing. That's the entire thing that takes about 45 minutes. It may take, you know, um, but, but, but never more than an hour. And, we, and so we just, it's just always worked that way. So if you want to be a part of that, I need you now. We're going to be in Maryland, D.C., and Virginia. I need to, you to text Amy at 674-0867 and let her know that you're interested and the state, and she can get you all the information, whether you're on the ground or Zoom. And so that's what we'll do there. That's how you can take action when you hear a word like this. The other thing that you can do, if that's not necessarily for you, but you want to stay connected with what we're doing and migrating. Oh, okay. I, I hear you, Amy. Um, and, and, and going with us and learning and growing. Oh, hey, I, guys, I'm, grow, I'm learning and growing in plain view. And so I invite you to do the same thing. You know, there, there's no judgment. It's a no judgment zone. We don't throw arrows. We're learning and growing together and learning how to laugh at ourselves. If you want to make that transition with us um, for the purposes of ministry's sake and being able to reach more people in your sphere of influence, I invite you to do so. What you can do tonight to indicate that interest is to go to the Facebook page, Relationship Game Changers, if you haven't, like the page, and at the top, you'll see the two lions pinned to the top of the page. And I said in that picture, and, and, and here's what I'll leave you with. Leave us a comment. Go to the page, like it, leave us a comment. When I get off of here, I'm going to go to that page, and I will look for any that desire to show up and just connect a little bit. I'm going to leave you with this. There are so many marriages that are suffering. We don't talk a whole lot about it. We say, when you ask the couple how you're doing, we're blessed and highly favored. And you could just see that their whole experience of that particular couple betrays every word they say. I've been doing it a long time, counseling and coaching couples. And so one of the things, one of the reasons that husbands and wives are suffering aside from religion is this, that there are two lions in the marriage, a male and a female. And they've been trying to live on a fenced backyard. They will kill each other. God wants to expand the territory of husbands and wives and set them free. And when you're set free, then you can go and he will enlarge your territory as a couple, and you will be able to produce greater works. And so if you are a lion, and and I'll tell you this, if you perceive yourself to be a lion or a lioness, trust me, you are married to a lion. You're married to a lion. And, yep, and they're all different kinds of lions, different types of temperaments, but lions only marry lions. They do. And so I believe that some of you on this call are lions married to lionesses and you've been trying to live on a fenced backyard and God wants to set you free. So join us. If we can help you, we're here to do that. Um, We love you guys. And Amy, did I miss anything? Amy, are you still there? Yes. Can you hear me? I can hear you now. Did Did I miss anything? Absolutely not. You are growing in plain sight. I tell you what, I'm guys. trying. <laughs> and, 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 guys, just so you know, Amy is my harshest critic. I know she's really nice to you guys. But I'm telling you, look, enjoy it. Enjoy it because I, I don't get what you guys get. I mean, we will have a breakdown of what I should have done or what I missed. And, I mean, don't get me wrong, very lovingly, but one of the things that I appreciate about Amy is that she doesn't tell me what I want to hear. She tells me what I need to know and then leaves me to pray about it. And that's the beauty of freedom. And when you're covenant, it's that. You don't want yes people around you. My techies tell me, 
One of my, my techies said the other day, said, you know, you need to take that post down because that's not going to be good. <laughs> On the relationship game changes. And what did I do? I took it down because she knows what she's talking about. And so it's not just a top-down, and that's what I invite you into. This isn't a top-down experience. This is an interactive experience. I want to interact with you. So, again, I'm going to jump off of here. We'll be on the Facebook page, Relationship Game Changers. If you want to join me over there and test it out, we can have some common exchanges. I won't see your face, but we can get this ball rolling and see what God does for us and with us and through us as we come together, our primary colors, and make a whole new color together in Jesus' name. Well, the replay number for today's call is 605. Four seven five four nine eight zero, and the access code is three four one zero 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 pound. The reference code is one ten pound one one zero pound. This is our hundred and tenth call. If you don't want to do all of that, you can go to Spotify. For iTunes and the search bar, type Marriage Reform with Kim Moore. We will update the name, but this will be posted and all of our back sessions will be posted as well. So we love you guys. We appreciate you hanging with us for this hour. Hey, share this. Take action. Share it with somebody and let me know what you thought on Facebook. We'll talk to you soon. God bless. Thank you.